0: Shut up promotes. They have their story ending You can walk through the fire. You can walk through the fire. When it's down to the fire. But you can walk through the fire. Hello and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. This is the first episode where I'm reviewing um, an episode of the documentary series, Welcome to Wrexham. Today, season one, episode one, entitled Dream. Um, And this is the one, y'all, this is the one that got me into Wrexham. This is the one that sold me. Um, Generally, when I watch a TV show, whether it's a docuseries or a narrative show, I tend to give it three episodes. If it has not gotten my attention, my respect, or my love after three episodes, it's it's over. I have no interest in continuing to watch. I mean, come on your your writers had literally three entire hours, or in, in a thirty minute show, an hour and a half of time to get me hooked, get me interested, um, make it a good show, movie, or show series, whatever. And and you fail to do that, so yeah. I generally give three episodes. Um, three episodes should be enough time for someone to get hooked onto a show and want to keep watching. If it's taking longer than that, then it's not that good of a show. Um, just gonna <laughs> say that. <laughs> so this episode starts with pandemonium or fandemonium, I guess some would say where Rob and Ryan are walking through the streets of Wrexham, signing autographs, taking pictures, basically being celebrities in in the town of Wrexham. And it then cuts to the stadium, the Kairos, the race course ground. And it's serene, it's peaceful, it's majestic, it's got the Welsh flag just fluttering in the breeze. And Rob walks in and comments on on butterflies in his stomach and uh, all the all the emotions that would come with purchasing a team and then going to see it in person for the first time. This this documentary series does something that I do with my movies, which is it starts in the future. So it it, it starts with Rob and Ryan have having already purchased the club halfway through the season i believe i believe this is their first trip um and their first trip was i forget which which two games they they got which two matches they got to go see but i know one was an away game one was a home game that'll be a later episode but yeah it starts in the future which is a great tactic it gets you invested you you know they bought it and obviously you know they bought it but there's a, a mental aspect to that where seeing it right off the bat makes you more intrigued as to how it happened, how they got there and you know everything that happened in between and then what happens in the future. It makes you want to see what happens after they're on the field of that day. And that doesn't happen for quite a while. It's it's just a great tactic to get people invested and and I love that they did that. Then the the title sequence comes on and I haven't done tons of research. I've done a quick internet search, but I've never figured out why the show started with this title song, switched... To, uh, this one was uh, The Times Are Changing." switched to the new one, and then came back to this one for the last episode of the season. I should probably figure that out. And when I do, I will... Um, I'll bring it up on here. But... The times there are changing, very somber, very <laughs> uh, uh, emotional and heartfelt. And I actually liked the second song and now I'm forgetting what the second song is. I can sing it in my head, but I can't remember the title of it, but I prefer the second one. But when they switched, I still preferred the first one. It was just a blindsided hit. And I guess I think it was the third, second or third episode where they switched to the to the new title song. And so it was a fun reminder to be, you know, to have this one uh, play with this episode. That was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Robin and Ryan meeting on the field that very first time uh, they get. They after the title sequence. They cut back to Ryan, um, which is also another tactic. You introduce the breadth of the story, and then you come back and get introduced to the characters. This is exactly what I did with my first ever documentary. We shot in Lebanon, shot a whole bunch of people singing, a bunch of Syrian and Iraqi refugees, and then brought it back to an introduction of my main character, who was the reason for the documentary. And... Uh, they did the exact same thing. You get a nice intro into Rob and his personal life and his his love for sports, which obviously I immediately connected with. I I know that feeling well. I know that the Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl three times when I was growing up, the Dallas Stars winning the Stanley Cup when I was growing up, North Carolina winning the basketball championship in college, all those I, I can remember them vividly. And Rob talks about how it's a top five moment, the Eagles, that the Eagles uh, won the Super Bowl. To be fair, I mean the Eagles don't win the Super Bowl all that often because you know, screw the Eagles. I mean, I have to say that because I'm a Cowboys fan, but really screw the Eagles. The only so <laughs> not to not to crap on Philadelphia, but the only times I, I I've I've had miserable experiences in stadiums is in the Philadelphia Stadium and in the San Antonio Spurs Stadium in pro basketball. I've had beer thrown on me. People have tried to pick fights. I have a grudge against the stadium of Philadelphia and the fans who go there. So I'm probably not the most reliable source. I mean, I was going as an obnoxious Dallas Cowboys fan. So in a way I might've had it coming to me, but I have, I've never found, uh, going to a Philadelphia game to be a delightful experience. Um, so maybe that'll change one day, but anyway, I just had to crap on Philadelphia for a bit because I am a Dallas Cowboys fan and they are some of our biggest rivals. So yeah, Rob talking about sports, it's fantastic. He brings it back to his childhood, goes back and visits his childhood home, all very emotional, all very heartwarming to see. Then you get into Humphrey Kerr. Okay, what I what I consider Humphrey Kerr as he's obviously the narrator. Or not obviously the narrator. He's, he is the narrator, whether he's being interviewed or not. He's, he's the bridge between soccer and Robin Ryan. He, he's that translator. He, he gets things going um, between, between the two. He explains, he gives explanations to Rob as to why this is happening. Then he goes and ends up being their ambassador to Wrexham and, football you know, football operations or whatever he is. I can't remember. We'll get to that in the next episode, I think. But Humphrey is is like the the emissary between the two characters. Characters being Wrexham Football Club and Robin Ryan. Because he knows football. He's the one who got Rob into it. He's the one who watched Watch football during his breaks in the writer's room of mythic quest um, and yeah, basically got Rob interested so throughout the show, he's giving explanations um that that aren't dumbed down for the audience. That's one thing that drives me nuts is when they over explain things i have I've had many shows that I've stopped watching because they started they changed their tone a little bit or changed. Basically kind of thought the audience was stupid. Well, in this one, they don't do that. They treat you like a freaking adult. They don't over-explain things. They explain things just the right amount and in just the right tone to make you not feel dumb. (laughs) Which a lot of shows definitely do not do. So Humphrey is the translator. The best bit of information that we got here is that Rob bought a soccer team, without really understanding the sport or knowing all of the rules. At least according to this documentary series, I cannot imagine a time when I would make a make an investment this large where I didn't know every single detail about what I'm getting into. And obviously, you can't know everything about what happens behind the scenes, but you can definitely know the rules of the game and understand how the game is played before you, before you buy a soccer team. <laughs> the fact that he did this is kind of amazing and kind of terrifying at the same time. Uh, I, I that it, it's a whole lot of stress. Uh, I would imagine. I mean, doing things that are unknown are already kind of stressful doing things that are unknown and cost millions and millions of dollars. Uh, that's, utterly terrifying so kudos to him for having the stones to do that they then go into the whole how the english football league works um which is probably the biggest draw of of football of english football because there in in american sports there does seem like there is a limit and like to there is a time where you can just say yeah we give up this year we we don't we don't need to work any harder than we do we can we can cash it in and and start prepping for next season whereas that could never happen in english football because if you go down a league you lose so much money people get fired all sorts of terrible things happen when you get relegated and so this is kind of the biggest hook, and it's clearly what hooked Rob. It made him intrigued enough to want to buy a freaking club in this system. And personally, I freaking love it. That's that's what make, that's, that's the biggest draw of watching English football is that you can get promoted, you can get relegated, you're in a fight no matter what. It, it makes it to where at no point in time can the players give up, and if, if a player gives up, you can tell. Um, and yeah, it's it's just one of the best best things about the the English football league. I, I do love Humphrey's bit about New York Yankees getting relegated down to playing beer league in Ithaca or against twelve year olds. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I wonder. I, I I don't know enough about the history of English football to know if a team has been relegated from the Premier League down. Past the National League and into those uh the Northern National League and the leagues below that. Like I, I don't know if there's if there's been teams that have fallen that far. I'm sure there's got to be one. There's got to be one, right? That would be very interesting. That'd be an interesting case study to see. I mean, after watching this, obviously you get a whole bunch of ideas. Like I wanted to go create or buy a team in the lowest, lowest, lowest division and see what I could do to to bring it up, but. Uh, me and my, that's kind of a fantasy of me and my brother to, to do that. Um, I think that would be so much fun. Then Rob gets into how he has TV money. And yes, TV money is very good money, especially when you've had a show that has been running for, what is it? Uh, I think this is 16 seasons now, maybe 18. That's crazy. The amount of money he's going to make from that is astounding. The residuals that come from that is crazy. It's it, it's just, yeah, that that's a good life. It's a good life to have a show that runs for 16 plus seasons. But running a club is expensive. And so he had to go and get... Uh, I, I personally think he used it as an excuse to go get Ryan. I think he knew that Ryan might be interested because Ryan does tend to dive into a whole bunch of different businesses and promote those businesses extremely well. I mean, let's face it, he's he might be the best advertiser and marketer around. If there's a I never watch the commercials on, when I see them like on Instagram and stuff, but if it's a, a Ryan Reynolds commercial, I'm sticking around to the end because I know I'm going to get a chuckle out of it. And so just the mere fact that he has that magnetism that he's able to do that is very impressive and a great asset. And I think Rob knew that. I think Rob also probably kind of liked Ryan a lot, especially since (laughs) they'd never met in real life before they purchased this team. That's crazy. Yet another, like he bought the team without Ever meeting his business partner or knowing the rules of the game, Do you guys, how astounding that is! That's bizarre. I, I I can't believe that he made all of this happen with those two giant factors involved. And I love that. <laughs> um, I guess Ryan. We get introduced to Ryan next, and he talks about how he did play sports growing up, um, and it was because of his father, and it was an unquenchable thirst for validation is what he said. I love it when people can admit character flaws. uh, And and that's that's a hard character flaw because in some ways it's good because you're striving to do good things and to be successful, but the motivation might be a little off. So I love it when real life people can admit on TV permanently forever. Some of their flaws that's fantastic, and it makes it makes you endeared to them uh it makes you like them way more uh so yeah, he talks about that, he talks about his unquenchable thirst for validation, and the first thing that Rob says to Ryan is, "You look great on a facetime call, and Humphrey comments on that, which I thought was hilarious. They do that all the time. they're two good looking dudes. I don't know why they would ever need to comment on each other's good looks constantly, but that might just come with the territory of being in Hollywood, being an actor. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I can't believe they'd never met before they, before they purchased this team. So then we launch into the meeting with the trust. Uh, we see Rob's facial hair, uh, that he has for, that's another thing that is hysterical he's he's has this mustache that he has for for i don't know what the mustache which show the mustache was for i know the goatee or the handlebar thing later on it was for mythic quest because mythic quest i've watched that show that show's hilarious too but yeah he definitely had it for for some tv show had that mustache and met with met with the trust and here's where the town of Wrexham is brought in. The town of Wrexham is actually brought in before the team of Wrexham AFC is brought in. I think one of the first people you see from the town is Wayne Jones. And he's kind of leaning in the bar, watching, watching the meeting on his phone. Rob starts giving a heartfelt speech about why Wrexham and saying how the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, yada, 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 Eagles suck, go Cowboys. But he gives a really nice heartfelt speech and seems to at least, according to the documentary, that that's one of the moments that, that won them over. And Ryan's speech was, was great as well, talking about how we will never, we'll always laugh at ourselves, we will never laugh at the situation. High class, love that. And then directly afterwards, Ryan starts cracking up and saying that uh, it was hilarious that as the trust was asking about the docu series, there's a cameraman behind Rob shooting, uh, shooting for the docuseries. And the timing of that, I mean, the cameraman had to have been, had to have made a mistake. He should have known to not be there, but... Uh, the fact that that happened at that exact moment is absolutely hysterical, and I love it. I, th- I thought that was h- hilarious. We then get intro to Spencer Harris, who super likable from the beginning. I, I think I know... I think I remember people mentioning that they had some issues with Spencer, but, man, he is likable from, from the get-go. He's super proper, well-spoken. He clearly sacrificed a lot for the club over the years, and that makes him extremely endearing to to me as a viewer. Um, He put a lot of time and effort into trying to help the club um, and sacrificed a whole bunch of things to make that happen. He explains that Wales is not in England, which I know is a confusing concept to a lot of people. Uh, Wales is its own country. I can liken it to states, like 50 states in the United States, four countries in the UK. It's, you know, similar thing, not quite the same, considering that Wales is its own country, but that's about the best comparison that that I can draw. During this time, they start talking about Wrexham's history as a town, uh, as a club, how the town used to be super well off and uh, hard-working town and uh, steel town. and then all the jobs started drying up and it went through some really rough times. During that time when the town is losing so much money, the club is also going to be affected and they get relegated over the years and drop down into the National League. That's freaking brutal. Just after that there's some pump-up music, some like pre-game warm-up, let's get jazz kind of music and Bursting out of the tunnel, very appropriately, Luke Young is the first player that that we see come out onto the field. Followed quickly by Jordan Davis, also very appropriate. And then you see Sean Pearson talking about how he would like to be the one to lead the team back into the, the EFL, which, you know, sadly, he was not able to do. But they start talking about payment for footballers in this league compared to the EFL and like what, what the club goes through as a national league team, instead of a English football league team. And here's the final nail in the coffin of the stakes. So the biggest, biggest thing you want to do with your opening episode of a documentary series is lay out the stakes. What is in it for everybody? So with Robin Ryan, what's in it for them is that they could be hated, they could lose a lot of money, and they could ruin a soccer club. That's, those are pretty big stakes. For the town, having a better soccer club will bring more tourists, more attractions, will create more jobs. Um, getting promoted through the leagues will, in fact, be a massive boon to the town. Stakes for the town. Now, stakes for the club. You see that the footballers do not make a ton of money. There are very few staff members. Uh, There are very few... They don't get money from the league like you do once you're in the EFL. So, the stakes for the club are obviously very financial, also very uh, emotional and morale-boosting to be promoted to the next league. So... There it is. So then Wayne Jones speaks for the first time. And immediately likable, charismatic, can always say, he always has good things to say and a great way of saying them. Uh, he's great on camera. What a fantastic character to have, have found in that town. He is He is delightful. Like of all the people that could be running the turf, he's the perfect one to do it. Especially for this show. He in the end, he's going to be one of my favorite characters that comes out of this show, one of my favorite people. I would love to meet him someday. I definitely plan on going over to Wrexham this coming season. But yeah, Wayne is just completely likable. Um, he's honest. He kind of tells it like it is, explains exactly what's going on in the town, kind of has a I would imagine he's got a good finger on the pulse of the town since he is works in a bar works in the food industry can see how people are reacting interacts with people all day long i imagine he might be the best one to give you a sense of what is going on in the town which is probably one of the reasons he's so likable um yeah he talks about the impacts of wins and losses even on the food industry and how you know People will be in a much worse mood when they come buy food from him. He'll sell less, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so that's super interesting to hear. So, yeah, again, you know, that has to do with the stakes. Like, these are the things that that are on the line for this town, this club, and Robin Ryan. After this, we launch into scrimmaging. When I say scrimmaging, this was the year of the COVID lockdowns. Where businesses like this football club were very much damaged when you don't have people coming into the stadium you do not make nearly as much revenue as you, what you would normally do, especially in this league because once you're in the e f l you're getting revenue share from the league itself um when you're in this league you're not and people get far less money when you're when you're not packing people in the seats and selling beer and selling food, you're going to lose a lot of money. Not to mention the state of the players. For those who have not played sports, the idea of playing a professional sport in a stadium full of no one is ridiculous it's it makes it a completely different game when you have 10,000 people screaming for you and for your team it it having no one there eliminates the advantage of home field advantage you're just playing on your home field you, there's there's basically no advantage there most fields are generally the same i understand the field here is can has probably been a little rough in the past but Having thousands of people carrying the energy and pushing that energy onto the field and being able to sway momentum with just yelling out onto the field. That is something that is irreplaceable and not having fans in the stadiums for for these this year of soccer or this year of football it it's a completely different sport. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's terrible for everyone involved. You're basically just scrimmaging. Um, you're it's high stakes scrimmaging. Is basically all it is. Um. Yeah, I mean that that was brutal to watch. It was brutal to see. I I didn't didn't like this era. It was just a miserable time for all sports in general. We then get introduced to the turf and you get to see all the memorabilia on the wall, all the history of the town and the club and Wayne Jones walking through there explaining everything. And uh, this is the first time Welsh translations pop up on the screen, English, American, Welsh. I love that. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I wish I could retain those. They just pop up so quickly that me retaining that information is unlikely, but this is the fifth time I've watched it, maybe the sixth time I've watched this show. And the fact that I still can't retain it is probably more of a comment on me than, than the show itself. So, yeah, Wayne Jones walks us through. And then we get back to Spencer Harris, who has the news for Robin Ryan, tells them that 91.5% of people voted, 986 voted yes resolution one. 98.4% voted yes to resolutions two and three, which we don't know what the resolutions were, but the fact that 98 plus percent voted yes means that almost everybody of that 91.5% that voted want Robin Ryan to take over the club. The town celebrates, there's fireworks, there's smoke, there's people in the streets, and that's where the episode ends leaving you wanting so much more. How does this keep going? Where do we go from here? Is Rob going to learn what uh, what Offsides is? (laughs) The answer is, quite frankly, not till much later, and I'm still not sure if Ryan knows what Offsides is. But it's a great ending. It's a great first episode. It sets up the whole series for massive success. They did a masterful job editing this together because... The very worst part about making a documentary is the editing process because with a with a normal movie, you have a script, you know exactly what to shoot, you know what goes where, and you can make changes if you need to later on, but at least you have a very specific guideline. With a documentary, it is wide open. You have hundreds of hours of footage to go through to edit this in a way that is compelling. And you while the storytellers and like the, the director and the characters and everybody on set or on the, in, in the, in the film crew, while they are a hugely important part of how the story gets told, the editing team is how the story gets told because it, you can manipulate things to, to make them work. I know that, in this show especially, time is manipulated quite often. Like things are done, by, they're, they're showing things behind the scenes that are happening in the locker rooms and stuff that aren't happening at the same time that we're seeing games out on the field, uh, matches out on the pitch. <laughs> There's those British and, and English terms, or British and American terms. Anyway, editing is the lifeblood of a documentary. And the fact that they took all of these hours of footage, all of these different little moments here and there, and put them together to make this masterpiece of an episode one is impressive. And I have the utmost respect for, for this editing crew, this film crew, they, they do an amazing job. The visuals are great. The story's great. The characters are great. Everyone does, a, does their job well in this first episode. So there you have it. Season one, episode one, Dream. Welcome to Wrexham. Reviewed. Thank y'all so much for sticking around this long. Uh, it's been, looks like about over 30 minutes now that I've been rambling on about the uh, first episode of Welcome to Rexum. I really appreciate y'all tuning in. Our second game of this year is today versus Wigan Athletic. I will have a podcast out on that tomorrow, a, my reaction to it. Um, so, yeah, make sure to tune in to that. Thank you all again for listening. I really appreciate it. I am Jake Green. I am the Wrexham Texan. And we'll see you next time. Up the town. my soul, With all your heart, you're going to see it. You're gonna see it, and if you knock my soul with all your strength, you're gonna find it, you're gonna find it.